You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. A viral video making the rounds has utilized Google Earth's history tool to show what appears to be mass graves on Epstein's Island that were dug shortly after his arrest in 2006. In September of 2002, in the center of the island, Google Earth shows that there was nothing but a bare mound of Earth. In March of 2005, the Palm Beach, Florida police began investigating Epstein after a mother reported that he sexually abused her 14-year-old daughter. In July of 2006, Epstein was arrested by the Palm Beach Police Department on state felony charges of procuring a minor for prostitution. Hours later, he was released on a $3,000 bond. A few months later, in November of 2006, Google Earth shows that the previously bare mound has what appears to be mass graves freshly buried on top of it. During this time, Palm Beach County State Attorney Barry Christcher is accused of giving Epstein special treatment, and the FBI begin an investigation. In 2007, federal prosecutors prepare an indictment against Epstein, which is held up in the courts for a year. In June of 2008, Epstein pleads guilty to one count of soliciting prostitution and one count of soliciting prostitution from a minor. He is sentenced to 18 months in jail with a secret arrangement with the U.S. Attorney's Office to not be prosecuted for federal crimes. Epstein serves most of his sentence in a work release program that allows him to leave jail during the day. In July of 2009, Epstein is released from jail. One month later in August, Google Earth shows that what appeared to be mass graves on the mound have been covered over. In 2013, construction begins on the mound gravesite. By 2017, construction of what appears to be a tennis court is completed. Drone footage shows that the elevation in Google Earth is off. The newly built tennis court is on a flat plain surrounded by a dirt berm. By January of 2018, Google Earth shows that the tennis court has been raised and the earth beneath appears to have been excavated. In November of 2018, the Miami Herald begins publishing a series of articles about the Epstein case, which inspires public interest. In July of 2019, Epstein is charged on federal sex trafficking charges. One month later, the FBI raid the island. During this time, Google Earth shows cloud cover obscuring the view of the mound. On August 10th of 2019, Epstein is reported to have committed suicide in his New York City federal jail cell. The next available image is a month later, in September of 2019, and shows that the area on the mound is being used as a parking lot for commercial vehicles. The area is cleared by 2020 and has remained so until today. In a recent video, corporate media propagandist Megyn Kelly claims that we may be hearing from Jeffrey Epstein himself this year. We're not done with Jeffrey Epstein. I can tell you that for a fact. can't tell you how I know, but I can tell you for a fact we're going to hear a lot more about Jeffrey Epstein in the coming year. Uh, and you may be even hearing from him 
directly. More on that as I'm allowed to tell you. While most believe that Epstein was murdered, many believe that he is still alive, claiming that images of his alleged corpse appear to be a different person, that the shape of his nose and ears were different. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning, filling in for the great Harrison Smith. We are going to cut to a short break here in about 30 seconds before the show begins. Harrison will be hosting The War Room this afternoon as Owen Troyer is taking some much-needed time with family this week, but Owen will be back on Monday. In the meantime, make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com and take advantage of these awesome sales, awesome deals that we have. It looks like the Mega Super Sale is still live on the site as far as I can tell, so I would take advantage of that because any minute it could be coming down as we work out our new January promos this year. So make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com and be the reason we are still on the air. It's Tuesday, January 9th in the year of 2024. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. What's going on? There's always so much to cover. Crew's doing a great job this morning working, printing articles, updates, news, and headlines for us to discuss this morning. And as always, the first segment is always the most difficult to figure out where to begin because you're inundated with just this rash of information, this, this rash of assaults. From the New World Order with headlines every single morning. And it's hard to know which front to fight first because we are fighting a front on we're fighting a war on multiple fronts. We've got the mainstream media front where the news is perpetually lying to us through this deep state. We've got this pandemic front where these bioweapons are allegedly already created and this pandemic is being planned. We've got the depopulation front. We've got the political class front where every single establishment politician, whether they're right wing or left wing, seems to be engaged in a giant conspiracy to ensure that your favorite candidate cannot be elected. And of course, I'm talking about Trump, but even if your favorite comp- even if your favorite candidate isn't Trump, I guarantee that the mainstream establishment doesn't want that person elected either. Jones has been covering this for the last couple of days. He really hit it hard on Sunday, and he hit it yesterday with that great guest. Synthetically generated, genomically targeted plagues will be the future of warfare, says New Defense Report. I'm just going to read this first little blurb here, and then we'll talk about it. In a recent report by the RAND Corporation, funded by the Office of the Secretary of Defense and the National Defense Research Institute, researchers explored the potential for engineered pathogens to become instruments of warfare. Now that advanced and complex biotechnology has left the realm of science fiction and become reality, analysts and experts are beginning to assume that nation states and non-state groups will consider these technologies in their planning and strategic forecasts. It's news and it's not news. It's news because now we're talking about it in the context of this pandemic that we just had. This pandemic that was an engineered bioweapon. The response to it, of course, which was engineered because the bioweapon is used as a pretext to subjugate humanity and limit all of our freedoms. And we've known that biowarfare has been a thing of interest, a potential issue for decades. 
Scientists have known ever since the Human Genome Project that this was going to be an issue. But now it seems to be a stark reality. And we've been talking for the last 10 or 20 years about how the future of war was going to be cyber warfare. I don't know if you remember all the movies in the late 90s and the early 2000s that came out about cyber warfare and the power of hacking, some of them very hokey, but very true at the same time. Even weird science from the 80s was about the power of computation or war games with the same guy that played Ferris Bueller's Day Off was all about hacking computers, using computers to start nuclear war. And then, of course, the famous movie Hackers, which came out in the 90s, where they fly through these amazing graphics as they type furiously behind their keyboards to hack into the Gibson. And then Swordfish with Hugh Jackman came out, John Travolta, about creating viruses and hacking as a way to instigate war. And so it's been in the zeitgeist. It's been a story, a narrative, a metaphor For a long time, preparing the population psychologically for cyber warfare. And we've seen things like mass outages. We've seen things like banks missing payroll for Fortune 500 companies like crazy this year. All forgotten quite quickly. We've seen things like Comcast towers blown up in Nashville, Tennessee, soon to be forgotten. Nobody ever talks about that anymore. We've seen things like hotels exploding. And it's one day later and still no one's really even talking about that hotel that exploded here in Fort Worth. Just right up the road. And so I think the future of warfare likely is going to be bioweapons. It likely is going to be a combination of bio and cyber because why would you ever put boots on the ground in a foreign country if you could just wipe them out with some sort of disease that's genetically designed not to impact your own race or ethnicity or you have the antidote or the vaccine for it? I mean, think about it. Feasibly, a nation like China, which has total control over its population, could force its entire population to be vaccinated for the flu, for example, in the winter. They could just make it a legal mandate. And in the flu vaccine, they could lace it with whatever other vaccine product that they wanted. So let's say they lace the flu vaccine that they mandate upon their population with this other vaccine that is actually a preventative antidote for a bioweapon. Then they could drop this bioweapon on the world, totally disrupting the entire global population, wiping out half of the global population, but their own population somehow miraculously would be immune to it. And then, of course, they could come out and say, oh, it's because we're genetically Chinese and our immune systems are a little different and it just happened to favor us in this instance. That's why we didn't die. Don't blame us for launching us upon the world. That's why we didn't die. It seems like what we saw with COVID-19 was a test run for a greater pandemic. Because we're looking at a virus that spread. Basically, everybody got it in the entire world. And they obviously spread it intentionally because after China knew that it was released from the lab, they cut off transit from Wuhan to the rest of their own country, but kept the international travel open because they wanted this virus to spread globally. And we know that it didn't have the ramifications of a deadly virus to the extent that one could. We know that everybody got it. Not very many people actually died of it. Certainly not very many people under the age of 60 died of COVID. But they tested the virality of it. They tested how many people could get it, how quickly. What would the international or global response be to such a pandemic We don't want to kill everybody just yet. We don't want to start this massive depopulation just yet. We just want to test this technology to make sure that when the time comes, we know exactly what we're doing. We want to see if these countries will mass inoculate their own population with vaccines that are actually deadly and ineffective. And if the people will fall for it. And if after they discover the truth of the vaccines, 
They're so brainwashed that they're in denial to the fact that these vaccines were useless and unsafe the entire time. I mean, time and time again, we have been lied to by big pharmaceutical companies, and time and time again, we fall for it. We all know that we can't trust big pharma, yet we're all on some sort of pill or shot or treatment. We trust big pharma not at all, but we always trust our own doctor for some reason. And I'm not even blaming the doctors. I don't think the doctors are at fault. They're sort of like the priests in a religion. Most of the priests in a religion, most of the leaders of churches— in any religion, actually believe the religion. It's not until you get to the very higher ups. It's not until you get to the Vatican level people that you see the real corruption, the real bribery, the real stealing of money, the real harboring of secrets, the the real faking of saints. This is a finger of so-and-so that we found. And here's this body that refused to decompose. It's the miracle in the glass coffin. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus Christ came back from the dead. I believe he's the Messiah, but I don't believe a word that comes from the Catholic Church anymore. I'm somebody who converted to Catholicism just 10 years ago. I thought this is going to be my chance at subscribing to something that advocates traditional values. I'm going to join this church of all churches because I don't like the commercial aspect of the mega churches. I don't like some of the philosophy or theology of these other churches. I don't want to go to a super small church. I want to walk into a church that inspires the awe of God. When I look at the visual aesthetic, I want a ritual, a mass that is never going to change. I want theological positions that are never going to change. So the best thing I can do is join the Catholic church. That's what I thought. And I joined and since I've been disappointed, they're changing everything. It turns out that the fact of the matter is all that matters is who the Pope is. If you got a bad Pope, you got a bad church. Maybe we can talk about this in the third hour. I'd love to hear your feedback because I would love to find a place where I could worship God other than my own living room or bedroom. But it's really hard for me to go to a place and trust the establishment that runs it. Because time and time again, as you've seen, I have seen that these establishments are corrupt. It's all a money grab. They want, they want to pass the basket around and they care not for your salvation or your enlightenment. These countries don't care for their own people. These pharmaceutical companies don't care for the health of their customers. We are seeing this technology weaponized as part of a massive depopulation plan, and it looks like it's going to work unless everybody wakes up, which is why it's more important now than ever that you go on X, share the stream, that you share the links to band.video, to infowars.com forward slash show, to Infowars articles, that you participate in the info war that we are, we are part of. And don't be ashamed of being a keyboard warrior because we need keyboard info warriors in this info war this year if we're going to save this country and, frankly, all team humanity. Stick with us, folks. More on the other side. America is waking up to the sad and painful fact that we've been under a multinational globalist deep state intelligence agency controlled coup for decades in this country. We didn't have full control. 30, 40 years ago, but they're really attempting full control now. And that's where we are. And InfoWars has engaged in the best long-term analysis of the enemy operation and predicted the resistance movement would form against it and the fact that we would have major successes against the enemy, but they would then double, triple, quadruple down. That's where we are now. So it's more important than ever that InfoWars stay on the air. I just want to thank you all for your support and spreading the word. It's more important than ever that we get funding. We try to make it easier for you to fund us. 
by simply going to InfoWarsStore.com and getting great products that enrich you and your family's lives. I want to just encourage you all to not forget that without you, we won't be here. So please go to InfoWarsStore.com today, and I thank you. Bodies is back. The ultimate turmeric product on the market has returned to InfoWarsStore.com and is now 25% off for a limited time. Utilized for thousands of years, turmeric is one of the most studied medicinal herbs today. Hundreds of peer-reviewed scientific articles are published every year on the chemistry and therapeutic potential of turmeric and its active components. Bodies will reduce inflammation throughout the body, help boost and support flexibility, increase mobility, assist in joint function, bolster your immune system and so much more regular turmeric from the store contains about one to five percent of the active ingredient curcuminoids but our super powerful extract using bodies contains over 95 percent of the active ingredients in turmeric no other product can compare with this curcuminoid delivery system so if you want to put the true power of turmeric to the test then look no further grab yourself a bottle today for 25 percent off at m4store.com and put your body at ease you're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning, filling in for the great Harrison Smith, who is filling in for the great Owen Schroyer. On the War Room this afternoon. Make sure you tune in and check that out. Owen will be back next Monday. He's just taking a week off to be with family. I briefly mentioned in the last segment this breaking report. There's a huge explosion that rocked Fort Worth, Texas Hotel. Injured 10 potential casualties. The Sandman Signature Hotel in Fort Worth, Texas was rocked by a huge explosion on Monday. Sending debris across the street and potentially killing citizens. So far, the Internet's flooded with various photos and videos of the aftermath of the eruption. The Fort Worth Fire Department responded to the incident and said it was likely a gas explosion. So when I first saw this explosion, my initial thought was ammonium nitrate. We know that 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate disappeared on a train to California in the last year. It seems incredibly likely to me that that fact, coupled with the fact that 12,000 people are illegally coming into our country every day, over 10 million people have come into our country since the Biden regime took power in 2021. It seems likely that that ammonium nitrate was either taken by the deep state, taken by these terrorists, and that there's going to be terrorist activity over the course of the next year. And the advantage of that is that if there is an actual terrorist attack over the course of the next year, then the establishment can use that as a justification for removing Biden from office. If there's a terrorist attack perpetuated by radical extremists who have come into this country illegally, they can simultaneously justify getting us into a war in the Middle East and pushing Biden out for his lackadaisical failure at the border. It's a win-win for the deep state, for the establishment who seeks to replace him to ensure that there's no possible chance that a Donald Trump can win the presidency. And I think even if Joe Biden is replaced as the candidate that Donald Trump will win, I really do believe that he's going to win because I think people are waking up by the millions in this country. That being said, the left has a tremendous, a tremendously greater chance of winning if it's anyone other than Joe Biden. Not to say that they would win definitely, but a tremendously greater chance of winning if it's anyone other than Joe Biden. 
And so we know that the deep state has allowed terrorist attacks to happen, allowed military attacks to happen, even funded them in some cases. We know that we knew about 9-11 before 9-11 happened. Alex Jones knew about 9-11 before 9-11 happened, and he's not even a member of the deep state. Just by putting the pieces together, by analyzing different news stories, different details, different reports, he was able to piece together that they could fly a 747 into the World Trade Center, and they did it that very year. He predicted it on March 6th of 2001, months before his famous July video. We know that Vietnam was started based on a black flag operation. We know that we knew about Pearl Harbor before Pearl Harbor happened. Our government is expert at allowing certain catalysts to happen, catalytic events to happen in order to win over the hearts and minds of the people to get us to engage in whatever conflict overseas we want. I mean, if you look at a map, it is frankly ridiculous that we're in any of these foreign wars at all. I mean, traditionally speaking, wars have been conducted and engaged between adjacent territories. Oh, this is my land. This is your land. Just like what we have with Russia and Ukraine right now. That's an adjacent territory that makes sense geographically speaking that they might have some conflict that one area or one nation might believe that they are actually the sovereign entity over a certain piece of territory and another might disagree. There's land disputes. There's a traditional reason for conflict and war or, or just the desire to expand like Rome did. But when you look at a world map, regardless of whether you're a flat earther or not, when you look at a world map, it makes almost no sense whatsoever that we're at war with any of these nations that there is an ocean between us. Why do we care about what happens in Ukraine or what happens in Israel or what happens in Iraq or what happens in Afghanistan? Why is it that our nation has got itself so entangled in these international conflicts, in these globalist issues, in this sort of global economic war with our fake currency, why is it that we've gotten so entangled that we're constantly, for literally the last 100 years, going to war with everyone except for anyone beside us? I mean, if we're going to go to war with anyone, one would think that it would be with Mexico, frankly. And I don't have an issue with Mexico really as a nation, except for the fact that they're allowing thousands upon thousands of their citizens, all of South America, frankly, allowing thousands upon thousands of their citizens to invade our country without putting up any effort to resist this just transfer of population. I mean, one would think if we were going to go to war with anyone, it would be with Mexico so that we could secure the border. Maybe we'd want to take some territories and create a buffer zone like between North and South Korea so that we could actually protect the border in a way that their nation is failing to do so. Of course, we're not going to do that because that's not in the interests of our political class. It's not what our political class wants. They want this invasion for whatever reason. The optimist in me says they want this invasion because they're concerned about depopulation in the United States over the next 100 years. But the realist in me says they want this invasion because they want the bad guys to seep in with the average people who are just trying to send money back home. I mean, after all, why else is it that the federal government would be suing states for protecting the border when the federal government's failing to do so? They're not even acknowledging that there's a crisis at the border at the federal level. They're acting like everything is great, but you can literally just walk across it as if you're walking across Main Street in any small town in America. And so when I saw this explosion in Texas yesterday in Fort Worth, the first thing I thought was ammonium nitrate. We've been getting invaded for four years. The ammonium nitrate disappeared. I thought maybe this is it. Maybe this is one of those examples. But they're saying it's a gas leak. And I'm not necessarily saying that they're lying. 
It's possible. Sometimes crazy things happen. Sometimes mass shootings are mass shootings. Sometimes attacks are really attacks. Sometimes a killing is a killing. It's not, it's not a conspiracy. Sometimes a robbery is a robbery, and it's not a Seth Rich example where it's very, very suspicious. But in this case, a gas explosion, I mean, after all the regulations that we have, after all the government entities that come in and check to make sure everything's up to code all the time, in order to have an explosion like what I saw in the footage and the imagery that I saw, you have to have a gas leak that's ongoing for an extended period of time, not to mention the fact that our gas is laced with, what is it, sulfur? So it smells like rotten eggs like crazy before it's even reached a level of an explosion like that. I've had gas leaks in my house before. You catch it right away. You open all the windows. You shut off the gas. No problem. But you're telling me there was a substantial enough gas leak coupled with a flame that allowed for an explosion to kill 10 people, to bust through a wall like that, to create that level of rubble, and it wasn't intentional? I just find that hard to believe. And I'm not saying for sure it was ammonium nitrate. Maybe it was gas. But the fact that it seems like it's some sort of accident or that it's being pushed off as some sort of accident to me is overwhelmingly alarming and seemingly very unlikely. So I don't know who's behind it. I don't know what the incentive is. But I think we're going to be seeing more things like this over the course of 2024. And maybe they'll try to explain away some of the smaller ones, some of the more negligible incidents. But when push comes to shove, our country is being invaded and explosives are going missing. There's tremendous incentive for the deep state to want these attacks to happen. And therefore, it's very likely going to happen. I think we're going to see Joe Biden pardon his son. We're going to see him pushed out. We're going to see these attacks happen. We're going to see Nikki Haley's pushed forward. In the context of these attacks by these terrorists who are crossing into our border, and it's going to be used as a justification to get us into World War III and initiate the globalist agenda for the 21st century. Folks, stay with us. More on the other side. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. If you ever take one piece of my advice, it's get a bottle of X2. It's been sold out for over a year because we wouldn't cut corners and because it's so hard to produce. We finally have a limited run back in supply at InfoWarsStore.com. So many people have serious issues. Look at the UN's own numbers. Billions have cognitive disabilities because they do not have true nascent iodine in their bodies. Most of the other iodine is bound to other heavy metals or bound to other elements, so you don't download it. But this is pure atomic certified iodine. X2 is now back in stock, discounted. So I'm giving Thanksgiving right now for this product being here. It funds the info war, but I guarantee you, you take us for a few weeks, you will feel the difference. It is amazing. It's the missing link X2 back in stock at the end of 2023 at infowarstore.com. X2. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. Watching the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. I love this song, guys. They did a really good live version of the song, Live Aid. I think the same performance before Queen performed. It's too bad that they were basically a one hit wonder. Great song. And the singer doesn't look like anything you would imagine for what it's worth. 
All right, back to the news. So we spent the last segment talking about terrorist attacks. Now I'm going to talk about the other terrorist attack, which would be a Michelle Obama presidency. Michelle Obama says, quote, I'm terrified about what could happen, end quote, if Trump wins the 2024 election. Former First Lady Michelle Big Mike Obama expressed fears Monday about a potential Trump victory in the 2024 election. And I wonder what's worse. What is more dangerous if Trump is president of the United States or if you are the chef of either a Clinton or an Obama? Which one's more likely to kill you? I think, frankly, it's more dangerous to be the chef than it is to vote for Donald Trump for president of the United States. If history is any piece of evidence, and it's what's even weirder about this, too, and I can't even think about the Obamas and the Clintons without thinking about murder and just death anymore. What's even weirder about it? They both died of drowning. What are the odds that two presidential chefs both die of drowning within like a 20-year period of time? So bizarre. And maybe I've said this on air before. I've certainly had this thought. I'll just reiterate it here. It's weird to me how similar the deaths around the Clintons are from serial killer deaths. We know from... Psychological profiles that serial killers tend to have a pattern. They do things the same way. They leave the body in the same position or the same state. They they have a pattern, sort of signatures to the way that they kill. They like to. There's one that either likes to be a butcher. Or there's another one that likes to strangle. And you can tell as a, as a detective, you can kind of tell whether or not a killing has been done by a serial killer based on whether or not it matches certain patterns or regularities between other recent homicides in the area or region. And then when you look at the deaths around the Clintons and the Obamas, there's just certain characteristics that are the same. For example, like I said, the chef's drowning. It's almost like the same guy is walking around like the wolf from Pulp Fiction or something, and he's just taking care of business the way he does best. Are these just random sort of brutal, grotesque shootings you see where people shoot themselves with shotguns and then hang themselves with electrical cables? It's, it's so bizarre to me. But I'm encouraged, and I want to present you, I want to pose this question to the audience. I'm encouraged when I see Democrats freaking out about Donald Trump because to me, it implies that there's some sort of legitimacy left in the election, that the cheating isn't so overpowered that they can win no matter what. I mean, you look at a Russia or a North Korea or a China, and the cheating is so overpowered there, the elections are so rigged there that it doesn't even matter how popular the opposition is, right? It doesn't matter who runs against Putin. Putin's always going to win. It doesn't matter who runs against Xi. Xi's always going to win. And I know they postpone elections. They don't have elections for decades, and they declare themselves dictators for extended periods of time. So it's, I know it's a little different. But the point I'm trying to make is in a rigged system, in a truly rigged system, it doesn't matter whether or not there's popular support for political opposition because the establishment's always going to win. And they always act so confident, too. Like a Putin is never worried. A Xi is never worried. These dictators are never worried about their opponent. They almost laugh off their opponent. They dismiss their opponent as a non-issue because, frankly, any opponent in a system like that is a non-issue. But the fact that we see the left freaking out whether from the political class or the mainstream media, is encouraging to me because it means to me that at least very high ups in our establishment believe that there's enough legitimacy in our election process that Trump is a serious threat. And I remember guest hosting on this very show, talking to members of this audience, an audience I adore, taking calls and having people say, hey, look, it's useless to vote. It doesn't matter. We don't even need to vote. There is no 2024 until we fix 2020. 
The elections are rigged. Voting doesn't matter. There was a lot of rhetoric, especially right after the first election was stolen, saying that we shouldn't even bother with voting because they're just going to cheat. And frankly, that's terrifying to me because the fact of the matter is, yes, they cheat. Yes, they can cheat. But the cheating isn't enough by itself. They have to have a minimum level of support in order for the cheating to push them over the edge. They have to have at least 40 percent support, I imagine. Maybe it's even less than that. But we're arriving at a place in this country now where things are so bad, where the economy is so bad, where bankruptcies are so high, where everybody's struggling, where 1.5 million people have left the workforce because they've given up looking for jobs, which has artificially made the unemployment rate look low when actually there's millions of people not working. Things are so bad. Everybody's struggling so much. Everybody's paycheck to paycheck. I'm paycheck to paycheck. It's tough that I think there is enough support for something else, for someone different, for something other than the establishment. This time, I believe there is enough support that no matter how much they cheat in the swing states, in the major cities, in the Detroits, in the Chicago's, in the wherever's, no matter how much they cheat, it's not going to be enough. And I think they realize that. And that's why we see quotes from Big Mike saying that they're terrified about what could happen if Trump wins in 2024. Now, the other explanation for this, too, is it could be the case that Michelle Obama is actually the candidate. We've seen more appearances from Barack Obama. Michelle Obama would feel like Barack Obama 2.0. Barack Obama was much more popular than Joe Biden. And it could be the case that Joe Biden steps out and that is how the Obama dynasty begins. That is how they usher in big Mike Michelle Obama to run for office. She's got a background in law. She came out with a book for God knows what reason. She's making more public appearances. Obama's making more public appearances. It could be a Michelle Obama versus Kamala Harris primary in which the the Democrats decide who's going to be the candidate. And the establishment just says whichever one's fine because they're both under control. And frankly, I'm terrified at what a Michelle Obama candidacy looks like, not because I think she's stupid. I think the Obamas are very smart people. I think they're evil people, but we should not underestimate the intelligence of our enemy. But what I'm concerned about is if a Michelle Obama is put into office, it's not even a concern about whether we get into World War III or whether we're engaged in these conflicts in Ukraine or Israel. I'm concerned about things like ESG and DEI just going through the roof. I mean, we've seen the major investment firms back away from ESG scores in recent months. That's environmental sustainability and governance scores. These are the scores that the big central governments, the IMFs, the International Monetary Funds, the Federal Reserve, the big financial institutions initially years ago, just several years ago, agreed to use as a litmus test to determine which corporations would be eligible for financing at favorable rates and which wouldn't. Okay, we're interested in giving you money. We're interested in investing in your company. But how do you do on governance? How do you do on the environment? How do you do on sustainability? How many people of color work for your company? That was what the major financial institutions were going to use to leverage their political agenda into major corporations in the United States. And recently they've backed off because they found out that this approach isn't actually favorable in terms of financial profits and success. But if we see someone like Michelle Obama or Kamala Harris coming into the presidency, we are going to see a resurgence, a revival for things like diversity, equity, and inclusion and environmental sustainability and governance scores to where you're not going to be able to get a loan or you're going to be able to get a loan, but it'll be at a terrible rate if you don't meet the standards of diversity, 
climate change practices, whatever the leftist globalist political agenda is established by the World Economic Forum and other globalist institutions, if you don't meet their requirements, you're not going to get funding. So you're going to be at a tremendous disadvantage in the world economy, in this so-called capitalism, which is really a mixed economy, which is now a fascism. You're going to be at such a disadvantage that there's not going to be any room for the little guy to rise above the major corporations or institutions that are currently in power. I mean, this is a total way of shutting everyone down. If you remember what happened during the pandemic, all these regulations came out and the only businesses that were able to take the hit were the businesses like Amazon or the chains like Chick-fil-A or the major fast food chains were the only ones that were able to afford to put everybody in masks to do deliveries only, to shut down the inside of the restaurants. And all the small businesses, all the mom-and-pop grocery stores, all the mom-and-pop restaurants, all the mom-and-pop retailers went out of business because they could not afford to meet the standards and regulations of the pandemic. And it was how the establishment, big corporations, came in, wiped out all the competition, and conglomerated all the economic power. That's why you see the stock market now reaching record highs, despite the fact that the middle class is suffering more now than since 1929 in the United States of America. It's all designed so this political class can take power, can take money. And if we have a Michelle Obama in office, it's only going to get worse, folks. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Check out our super sale, our deals while it is still available at InfoWarsStore.com. And be the reason that we are still on the air. 29 years on air. All I've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist. And I've done the best job I can to tell the truth and been accurate. And we are on record as the most accurate there are. And I've tried to sell products to fund ourselves. Unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people, we don't do that. We try to bring you products that really work. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm scared of this product. It's so powerful. This is the breakdown product after your cells process it of folic acid, methyl folate with high quality organic B-complex. This stuff is rocket fuel. It's not a stimulant. It energizes your cells and then everything else you take just supercharges it. It's so insane. It's foundational energy. The strongest formula out there at InfoWarsStore.com. It doesn't just energize this operation against the tyrants. It energizes you. Get foundational energy now. I have been in a 28 year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalist at point blank range in the information war, but I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning, filling in for the great Harrison Smith, who will be hosting The War Room this afternoon. 
Troyer just takes a week off to spend time with family. He'll be back on Monday. So many good things going on. Check it out on X. Make sure you share, retweet the live broadcast on X. Be the reason we're still on the air by spreading the word. Let's awaken America this year to ensure that these globalists don't actually come into power, to ensure that the Michelle Obamas or the Kamala Harris's or the Gavin Newsom's don't come into power. You know, <laughs> I lived in California for three years, and Gavin Newsom is by far the worst governor I've ever lived under. And I lived in Illinois growing up. You know, statistically, you're more likely to go to prison in Illinois if you've been a governor of Illinois than if you're a high school dropout in Illinois. That's how corrupt Illinois is. People don't talk about Illinois very much because it's boring outside of Chicago. It's a lot of farms and good people. But that Chicago machine that produced the likes of Barack Obama is so corrupt. It's amazing. I mean, if you drive down the road on Lakeshore Drive in Chicago where there's any sort of construction going on, you will be met with dozens of construction workers watching one man dig a hole. Because it's all mob related. It's all just government contracts, favors, nepotism. Just the selling out of the taxpayer, the civilian, the citizen, the people for the sake of this political class. And I think what's happening in Chicago is really what's happening on a macro scale here in the United States. And it's not going to stop here with the United States. If we want to see what's going to happen in the future as we become more leftist, we need only look at other nations who are already more leftists to see what they're doing. I got a couple of reports here, one from Canada, one from the United Kingdom. Obviously, we aren't Canada or the United Kingdom, but by the way our politicians are acting, we are quickly becoming either Canada or the United Kingdom. First thing is, Canadian reporter arrested after questioning Deputy Prime Minister about government's support of Islam. A Canadian reporter was arrested almost immediately after asking Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland... Questions about the country's stance on the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, the IRGC. Ms. Freeland, how come the IRGC is not a terrorist group? Asked Rebel News David Menzies Monday in the Toronto suburb of Richmond Hill. Why is your government supporting Islam nationalists? Seconds later, an unnamed Royal Canadian Mounted Police, RCMP, officer seized Menzies and shouted, you're under arrest for assault. So not only are they allowing our border to be invaded, but if Canada is any example of what it's going to look like in the future here in the United States, you're not only going to have to be invaded, but you're going to have to comply verbally, outwardly with this invasion. Any sort of antagonism toward this invasion is going to be considered Islamophobia or xenophobia, the bigoted hatred of Islam or the bigoted hatred of other cultures. And frankly, these terms have been used so much that they don't even come off as a slur to me anymore. Now when I hear accusations that I'm Islamophobic, for example, I don't even try to rebut them and say that I'm not Islamophobic. I just lean in and say, yep. Now when I hear accusations that I'm xenophobic, I don't try to back off and say, no, I'm open to all cultures. Now I just lean in and I say, yep. I am afraid of other cultures. I am afraid of a world in which Western culture doesn't exist. I am afraid of a world in which no one invents penicillin, in which we can't reach space, in which the internet doesn't get invented, in which technology doesn't advance, in which innovation doesn't advance, in which people don't respect Christianity, follow Christianity or Christian values, in which people value things like hard work, dedication, innovation, 
entrepreneurship, success, freedom. I am xenophobic. I am afraid of a culture that stifles all that is great about what has happened in the West in the, in the last 100, 200, 300 years. And I know that we've had problems. I know that in the last 100 years, we've had two world wars. We've had the advent of centralized banking. We've had slavery outsourced all over the world. We've had human trafficking ramp up like crazy. I know that there's all sorts of problems with the 20th century, but I would put to you that none of these problems have been a cause of Western culture, but have manifest Despite Western culture, despite the good things that we have going on, this evil has prevailed in some corners. The tighter you squeeze evil, the more it slips through your fingers. You can't really contain it. You just have to ensure that it doesn't infect you. You have to fight it off. It's like a virus. It's like a virus that you can choose not to have, but requires a tremendous amount of willpower not to be infected with. That's what evil is. You don't have to catch it. It does spread like crazy. It's difficult not to catch, but if you have the right values and the right will, if you have the right immune system in terms of your character being the immune system here, if you have the right immune system to evil, you can actually keep yourself and teach your friends and family and children how to keep themselves from being infected with it. And so this evil that we've seen in the world has not been because of Western culture. It's not been because of Americanism or capitalism or innovation or entrepreneurship or any of the good things that we hail as American values. It's been despite all of those things. And if you look at the evil, the greatest evils that have been happening, the vast majority of them seem to be government-sponsored. The same thing with monopolies. People criticize capitalism as being a system that generates monopolies so it's unfair to the competition. But every single monopoly that has ever existed in the history of America or capitalism itself has been sponsored by government in some way or form. You look at the Rockefellers and the way that they used eminent domain to get the land to build the railroad. That was a government-sponsored monopoly. Absolutely. There's a great book by Ayn Rand called Capitalism, the Unknown Ideal, where it's a series of essays that make arguments in favor of capitalism. They outline this very well. It's not a perfect book, but it's damn close. And so it's not capitalism that's causes, but we look at the major problems of the world. Let's look at the world wars that we've been in all started by governments, all because of bad government treaties or bad government policy. If we look at the financial crises that we've had, it's not been because of capitalism, but it's because of centralized banking. And bad investments and bad decisions and bad regulations around money. If you look at the human trafficking that's going on, we know that the deep state has intentionally engaged in human trafficking for whatever Machiavellian purpose, for whatever greater good it believes to be a greater good. We know that the Jeffrey Epsteins of the world are sponsored by the intelligence community, let out of prison by the intelligence community, let out on bond for $3,000 despite the fact that they're worth hundreds of millions of dollars, given multiple passports by multiple nations because they're sponsored by intelligence communities. Human trafficking is a government-sponsored organization. We know that the drug cartel is a government-sponsored organization, movement. Operation Fast and Furious, wasn't that when we gave a bunch of weapons to the cartel? We know that the auditing of conservatives was done by Eric Holder. We know that the arrest of political opponents and journalists is done by the government. Every evil thing that I can think of, whether it's been mass murder, terrorist attacks, human trafficking, fraud, every major evil act, every violation on a societal scale of any of the Ten Commandments has been sponsored by the government by members of the political class, and everything good that has come from America in the last 100, 200, or 300 years has been from the American people, not its political class. In fact, our founding fathers, like George Washington, who we revere as heroes, 
were heroic because they refused to be a part of the political class. And I know that he was the first president. I know that he was a general in our revolution. I know that this revolution was orchestrated by a sort of faux political class, by the Continental Congress, by these founding fathers and these leaders. But you got to keep in mind that they all, any of them, could have claimed sovereignty over this nation. They could have claimed to be king. Washington could have been your highness instead of Mr. President. And he chose not to be a member of the political class, class, but to remain a member of the American class, the working class of people. And so I put to you that everything good that has ever come out of this nation, out of Western culture, has come from the people despite their politicians. And everything bad or evil that has been done over the last hundreds of years, one, two, or three hundred years, has been done by the political class, by the governments of the world. And so those who advocate for stronger government, more efficient government, expansive government, actually advocate for an increased amount of evil in the world perpetuated in a way that cannot be held accountable. It's as simple as that. And I'm not an anarchist. I believe that there's a place for government. I believe you need a third party to protect your rights from being violated from other individuals. You need a government that protects the borders, which ours doesn't. You need a government that enforces contracts, which ours doesn't. You need a government which protects your rights, which ours doesn't. But I'm an advocate of much less government because it seems to me that the bigger a government gets, the more evil it becomes. Just like the bigger a corporation gets, the more evil it becomes. Then you have the Enrons and the Googles and the Facebooks. Now Meta, of course. And as soon as a company becomes publicly traded, then it's basically a miniature government. It's got a board of directors, which is like its oligarchy. All the famous companies that have done such great work in the last hundred years really got their name as private companies, and then they went public. And ever since then, they've just sort of been coasting. So why is it that anyone looking at history through this lens, through this context, why would anyone ever advocate for a more powerful, bigger government, for government to have more responsibility? Because it fails us in all the things that it's supposed to do, and it does all the things that it's not supposed to do. It violates every law without any sort of accountability. Why is it that anyone would advocate for more government? Well, it's because they're in on the evil, folks. We have to cure our society, our civilization, from this evil plague, this virus that has infected so many of us. We have to purge it from our immune system. Sleepless nights seem to be a lot more common these days with everything that's going on both at home and the world at large. If you're having trouble getting to that deep sleep we could all use more of, our new sleep support formula, Down and Out, is just the thing. It's our new, faster-absorbing liquid formula that is specifically designed to help you get the shut-eye you deserve. Formulated to improve upon our best-selling product, Knockout, with Down and Out, now the herbs and melatonin packed inside are extracted directly into the glycerin solution. So the ingredients are already dissolved into the formula before you even take it. One of the other sleep support herbs included is the passion flower, which was traditionally used by Native Americans like the Cherokees, who used it for its relaxing qualities. Be sure to take this product when you are completely ready for sleep, because you will be down and out. Selling out now at InfoWarsStore.com. Thank you for what you did three years ago today. Since that day, more than 1,200 people have been charged for their assault on the Capitol. Nearly 900 of them have been convicted or pled guilty. Collectively to date, they have been sentenced to more than 840 years in prison. When I said how many agents or assets of the government were present on January 5th and January 6th and agitating in the crowd to go into the Capitol and how many went into the Capitol, can you answer that now? 
I don't know the answer to that question. You've had two years to find out. And today, by the way, that was in reference to Ray Epps. And yesterday you indicted him. Isn't that a wonderful coincidence on a misdemeanor? Meanwhile, you're sending grandmas to prison. You're putting people away for 20 years for merely filming. Some people weren't even there. You've got all the goods on him, 10 videos, and it's an and it's an indictment for a misdemeanor? The American public isn't buying it. Three years later, the tide of tyranny is turning. January 6th defendants like Jake Lang have taken their case to the Supreme Court, where tyranny should no longer have a foothold. Jake, you are overdue for a trial now by well over a thousand days. The Sixth Amendment guarantees the rights of criminal defendants, including the right to a public trial without unnecessary delay. What has been said by the prosecution or your defense team regarding your Sixth Amendment rights? Uh, Myself and all the January Sixers, John, have been completely denied our constitutional rights. Um, The right to due process has been just absolutely it's devastated. They have withheld exculpatory evidence, evidence that will help exonerate you from the Jan Sixers. They've elongated my trial out um, to September 9th of 2024. That would be three years and nine months of political prisoner held hostage by Joe Biden's corrupt Department of Justice and the FBI Gestapo. Um, and they have even obfuscated the nature of the people who are accusing me of doing crimes against them only supplying their first and last initial of their name and uh, not giving any sworn witness testimonies um, or any hospital records or reports from any alleged injuries. They've done this to me and 1,250 other January 6th persecuted American patriots that have been charged criminally from January 6th. The Jan Sixers look like we're going to be getting a huge wave of relief where the potential uh, to overturn the 1512 obstruction of Congress, 20-year maximum felony. 330 Jan Sixers, including myself, have been charged with it and Donald Trump. And so if the Supreme Court steps in and drops this charge, what we're going to see is hundreds of January Sixers who are currently behind bars are going to be given basically a huge jail spring that same day because this is the blanket political charge. It's been weaponized and over broadly applied to uh, force people into plea deals and to give people elongated prison sentences. And so if this charge gets dropped, uh, hundreds of Jan Sixers will go free that same day. And uh, it'll be, a, I mean, a massive day of vindication for the January 6th community and our family members that miss us very much. And in the case of Jeremy Brown, a retired U.S. Army Special Forces Master Sergeant, the impulsive setup of our nation's defenders in the name of tyranny is finally seeing the light of day. They claim that they found classified documents related to an, to a soldier held in Afghanistan. Is that correct? Right. That document that they actually charged and convicted me of, I actually left out for them to find. So that document that they actually convicted of me, they didn't even indict me on that document until after my original trial date had already passed. They did not want that document exposed, which is why I left it there to be exposed, because that document is not classified. That document I typed myself on my own personal computer. Joe Biden and his handlers have demonstrated without a shadow of a doubt that they are the very antithesis of the American Republic for which it stands. An important note when it comes to our prosecutions about those who remained outside the building. 
we have used our prosecutorial discretion to primarily focus on those who entered the building or those who engaged in violent or corrupt conduct on Capitol grounds. But if a person knowingly entered the restricted area without authorization, they had already committed a federal crime. 2024 is the year the J6 political prisoners will be free. John Bound reporting. The American Journal with Chase Geyser, your compass to the nation's crossroads on InfoWars. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host today, filling in for the great Harrison Smith, who will be hosting the War Room this afternoon. Owen Schroyer will be back in the studio on Monday. Thank you for tuning in. At the end of the last segment, last hour, we were talking about this Canadian reporter who was arrested after questioning the deputy prime minister about the government's support of Islam. And I want to take this opportunity to just run this clip. It's clip one of the uh, reporter arrested after questioning the deputy PM. Ms. Freeland, how come the IRDC is not a terrorist group? Why is your government supporting Islam? So excuse Police, me. you're under arrest. What is your name in your badge? What is your name second. in your badge? You've been told you're under arrest. Why am I under arrest? He, 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 he blocked my way. What? I was just scrumming uh, Christian Freeland. I'm a police officer. You're under arrest. What is your name in your badge? I'm a assaulting police officer. How is that? the ad. I think he's going to say, don't tase me, bro. <laughs> I was asking questions aggressively? No, no, your actions were. were almost pushing everybody over. Okay, that's what I'm doing. Lincoln, you watch this on video, right? He's saying I'm pushing people over. You bump into somebody. That's an absolute falsehood. Just a little bit on accident. They call assault as an excuse to arrest you. There's so many laws. They can find an excuse to arrest you for anything. I probably broke three laws on the way to work this morning, whether it was speeding, whether it was not full stop, whatever, not using a turn signal. There's so many laws, it's impossible not to be arrested. If they want to get you, they can get you on any technicality. Unbelievable. Why am I I'm just doing my job. Resist. You don't need to resist. Welcome to Black Faces Canada. This is what they do to journalists. I was merely scrumming Minister Freeland and a RCMP officer blocked me and evidently this is now a trumped up charge of assault, folks. I didn't come here to cause any trouble. I came here to do my job and now I'm handcuffed. This this is your Canada now, folks. You know, this is the Gestapo taking blackface's orders. Outrageous. And meanwhile, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps is not a terrorist organization, is not a terrorist organization. And these liberals have the audacity to show up at a vigil for uh, for a plane in which almost 200 people were killed, 57 Canadians, one unborn child, by the way. And look at this. They don't want, it is against the law in Blackface's Canada 
to ask insensitive questions, impolite questions. So a, gov a Canadian government that props up an Islamo fascist regime, that's okay. But if you ask questions about that, uh, that's not okay. This is an absolute outrage. I didn't come here to cause trouble, folks. I just came here to ask questions. That's my cameraman, sir. He's not doing anything. No, I just want to provide some space so that everybody's safe here, okay? Wow. Well, there you have it, folks. And we talked about the Michelle thing, too. We might as well just hit this clip, too. Clip number two. Here's Michelle Obama saying that she's kept awake at night due to the upcoming election. The things that yeah. keep me up because you, you don't have control over them mm -hmm. and you wonder where are people, where are we in this? You know, where are our hearts? What's going to happen in this next election? I am terrified about what could possibly happen because our leaders matter, who we select, who speaks for us, who holds that bully pulpit. It affects us in ways that sometimes I think people take for granted. Yeah. And if the Michelle Obamas get their way, what you're going to have is more stuff like what we just saw from Canada or more stuff like what's happening in the UK. UK police have been secretly using passport database for facial recognition since 2019. It's come to light that the UK police forces have been using facial recognition technology to conduct extensive searches within the nation's passport database, which compromises 46 million British passport holders. This clandestine operation ongoing since at least 2019, the Telegraph and Liberty investigates have found. So what they would do is if they saw a crime that was captured on camera, they would cross-reference, apparently, the face of whoever committed the crime with the entire passport database. So if that criminal had a passport, they could identify who the person was, what their address was, all the details about them. This is what happens when you give government more power. Like I ranted about in the last segment, government is the source of all evil in the world. It is the conglomeration of all that is a failure of mankind, of the fall of mankind, all that is sinful and evil about mankind and just given a monopoly on force. And so every time we expand the government to do one thing, it will use that one thing to do something else. Famous example is Edward Snowden's work. When he was involved in the intelligence community, he was developing software that he had no idea at the time would be used to spy illegally on American citizens and foreign civilians alike. That they could tap into a webcam at any time and see whatever was going on on any device in the world at any time because of the software that he created, he didn't know. He thought he was creating something for one use, for one agenda, and it was used and abused for another purpose. It's just like a small example in California of the toll roads. The money that's made from the toll roads in California is supposed to go to maintaining that specific toll road, but it's always robbed like Social Security is robbed. Social Security is another great example. That money is supposed to be used to provide for the welfare of our elderly retired community. It's supposed to be invested and given back to those who have paid into it. And it's constantly robbed to fund government program after government program. And all of these initiatives, these facial recognition initiatives, are going to be used and abused. That's why it terrifies me when I see the likes of Nikki Haley come out and say that there should be accountability on social media and there should be no anonymous accounts on any social media platform. You should have to put your name next to everything you say on the internet so you can be held accountable. And she plays it off as if it's just to keep the cowards at bay so that the public is aware of who says what. She plays it off as if it's not going to feed into some sort of a prosecutorial network. But we know that the government would abuse that information. And I don't use any anonymous accounts on the internet because I sort of 
want to show my face when I protest, but I believe vehemently in the right for people to remain anonymous on the internet. So they can say what they want, so they can express themselves without the repercussions, without losing their jobs, without losing their friends and their family because they believe something that's less than popular or less than politically correct. But then you have the Nikki Haley's coming out advocating for more government, advocating for more meetings with all the governors. It's like right now we only meet every six months with the governors. But when I'm president, we're going to meet every three months as if that's some sort of major policy change. Both sides are putting these candidates forward that believe in an expansion of government, an unprecedented expansion of government. And they're going to spend all of our money on wars, on policies, on programs, and they're getting propped up by the mainstream media. The people are so brainwashed that they actually believe it. People actually believe that Nikki Haley is increasing in popularity right now. They believe that she is running up, that she is catching up to Trump. They believe that because we see her all over the news all the time. She's being interviewed as if she's the winner all the time, just like they did with Joe Biden, even though her popularity rate is like less than 10% in the polls. Nobody actually supports her. Nobody actually wants to vote for her. But we're going to have a whole class of people who just watch the corporate media, mainly elderly people in this country, a lot of members of the boomer generation, and they're just going to believe because she's all over the place, because she's a household name, that for some reason she's the one that's coming up, that she's the one that everybody's behind. Nobody supports this. Everybody hates both parties in this country. Everybody who pays attention for a modicum, even those who don't pay attention and just feel the pang of a thin wallet hate both political parties because they failed both sides of this country time and time again for decade after decade. And you're telling me these establishment politicians somehow managed to be so popular every single election cycle, despite the fact that both parties have failed us time and time again. It's like drinking Coca-Cola for year after year. If Coca-Cola really just tasted like soda water. Oh, I love Coca-Cola. Oh, I love it. I'm just going to buy more of it. I love it. I love it. It fails you time and time again. Every time you get it, it tastes terrible. It's not the same great taste. Why would you keep buying it? No, it would never work in the market. But somehow there's a monopoly on the psychology of the people of America. So anyone the establishment wants to push, save Donald Trump, can get into office. They'll be perceived as the winner. And once they're perceived as the winner, they've got the social proof then. Propel them into the White House, folks. Be careful. More on the other side. I'm not on team NFL. I'm not on team NBA. I'm not on team Olympics. I'm not on team globalist or wokeism in the new world order. I'm on team humanity, ladies and gentlemen, that loves God and loves our families and loves humanity and knows that we're destined to do even more incredible things than we've already done together. And so, inspired by my conversation with Elon Musk recently, where he agreed with my idea to call it Team Humanity, we've launched two limited edition t-shirts at InfoWarsStore.com. Let people know that, hey, it isn't about the football games or it isn't even about the UFC. It's about Team Humanity being under globalist attack. You can wear it. It's a great conversation starter. And you know it's supporting the info war that is at the very tip of the spear in the fight for Team Humanity. Get your limited edition Team Humanity t-shirts right now at InfoWarsStore.com. And I thank you. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the quote 
fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Blessed is the man that had not walked in the counsel of the ungodly. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I'm Chase Geyser, your host this morning. Harrison Smith will be hosting the War Room this afternoon, filling in for Owen Schroyer, who will be back in the studio on Monday. I've seen this new report from the Daily Star. Bizarre brain chip implanted into monkeys to, quote, stop them from taking risks. Study incorporated flashes of light on different parts of the brain and is hoped to be the starting point of a better understanding of gambling addiction in humans. See, it's always about some good initiative and then it gets abused. And let's just think about this in the context of a little bit of history. Let's look at communist China or the Soviet Union. In communist China or the Soviet Union, no one wanted to speak out against the state or against the communist party because they were afraid that anyone else could be working for the state. You never really knew who was a sympathizer with the communist party, so you never spoke out. This created what is called a false preference bias. I'll give you an example that I actually got when listening to Eric Weinstein. If you go over to someone's house and they've just put up new wallpaper and you think it's the ugliest wallpaper ever and they ask you what you think, you're not going to say that it's the ugliest wallpaper ever. You're going to say, I think it looks great. That's called a false preference bias. So then the person who lives in the house believes that their wallpaper actually looks great. Others who are around perhaps at the party or the dinner party that you were at think that you actually liked the wallpaper and they themselves then put up similar wallpaper in their homes. And it spreads because no one wants to be honest about the real state of things, what they really think about things. And you have these bad trends like wood paneling in homes in the 70s or bell bottoms because everybody acts like it's great. Or disco. Disco is a good example. And so in these communist regimes, you have a similar situation. No one can actually come out and say anything negative about the party or the state for fear that They'll be taken away from their families, sent to a camp, killed, persecuted, prosecuted. So you have this false preference bias in which everyone who actually hates the state believes that everyone else loves the state. And the risk is too great to say what you really think so you don't, and it perpetuates this false preference bias. So now when I see this article saying that there's a bizarre brain chip implanted into monkeys to stop them from taking risks, I'm thinking about how the deep state could use this sort of technology to manipulate the psychological perception of its own brand. So if we do things like install Neuralink to help us with paralysis or install this technology to help us with our gambling addictions or our smoking addictions or whatever, 
What if the establishment then comes out and uses this to make us really, really averse to the risk of saying what we think about things like pandemics or vaccines or the establishment political class or the invasion of our country or like that journalist in Canada that we just saw who was coming out against these Islamic terrorist groups that were not labeled as terrorists by Canada and then arrested for it. What if we were so averse to risk because of the chips that we put in our brain that the deep state, the the globalist new world order could use that as a way to just keep us in line as sheep. You don't want the state in your head, folks. You don't want the state to exist in the world and you don't want it to exist in your body. How complicated is this? Why would anybody in America trust the state enough to put the state in their body? That's what we did with this inoculation. We allowed the state in our bodies. And now we're going to allow the state in our minds, not just through the mainstream media outlets that stem from the narratives perpetuated and promoted by the deep state, but we're going to physically let the state in our minds to actually rewire us a little bit at first and then totally so that we are just a sheep of the state. We would sacrifice our own free will so that we could get over our gambling addiction or our smoking problem or our nicotine problem or our drug problem. We would put these chips in our brains and trust Big Pharma after all that it's done, trust the state after all that it's done to be able to turn on and off the risk switch in our brain. Let me ask you this. What business, what entrepreneur would ever have started his business or her business if they had an averse risk switch in their brain? I mean, it's the craziest thing to do ever to start a small business. We know that over 90% of small businesses fail in the first five years. We know that people go into debt. We know that basically every restaurant fails in the first five years, except for like 3% of them. The margins are so tight. It's such a tough business. Nobody would ever start a business if they had a switch in their brain that turned off their audacity, their ability to assume risk. And I understand that these researchers, that these people, they want to help people that are gambling addicts. But it seems to me that putting a chip in their brain controlled by a centralized authority is probably not the way to do it. And I understand that people who are paralyzed want to walk again. And I even trust Elon Musk. I actually trust the guy. I think he's doing the wrong thing with Neuralink. But I think he's doing it out of naivete and not out of a desire to perpetuate some sort of evil globalist takeover. Okay? But why would you ever put a chip in your brain controlled by anyone other than yourself, controlled by anyone at all, frankly? A hackable chip. You have Harari coming out. Yuval Harari coming out saying that the human is a hackable being. And he's right. We can do things like infect people with genetically modified viruses that actually change the gene structure with gene therapy in their body to cure things like blindness or hemophilia or other genetic disorders. The technology is absolutely amazing. Biologically speaking, a human is a hackable planet, but now we see the new world order, the globalists, these major organizations, these major institutions coming out and trying to literally make you a hackable being on the psychological level. They don't want to just inundate you with information on these mainstream outlets anymore because they know that's not sustainable for them. They know that they've lost their monopoly over the media that we consume. They're losing it. There are leaks in that ship that are causing it to sink. There are the X's. There are the alternative platforms. There are the signal channels, the, the private messaging chains that we have with our friends and family, the discord groups that we have with our friends and family. They know that the control over mainstream media isn't the monopoly on information that it used to be. So now they've actually created technology technology to be physically installed in your brain that'll change the way that you perceive the world by the tap of a button, the push of a button, flip of a switch, the click of a mouse. And we're just going to embrace this because at first it always seems so good. It's like selling your soul to the devil. Famous song, Charlie Daniels. 
you sell your soul to the devil, be the best fiddle player, whatever. Crossroads, Eric Clapton cover. You sell your soul to the devil to be the best guitar player in the world. Whenever you sell your soul, you get what the devil promises, but the deal is always a bad deal. So you can sell your soul to the deep state. You can sign up for these chips to help you with whatever gambling problem you have. You can sign up for these chips to help you walk again, and that's a miracle. That's great. But it's always going to be a raw deal in the end. I mean, what if we all got these chips in our brain and they used them to render us paralyzed? Just like the electronic vehicles with the, the automated, automated driving and the kill switch. What if they lock you in your own car and they drive you to jail because of something you said or something you thought? They can detect your thoughts. We know now the technology exists for them to scan your brain when you think about any object like a tree. And they can take those brain scans, feed them into artificial intelligence, and the AI will render the image that you're thinking of. They can literally, minority report style, put your thoughts on a screen. You don't think they're going to use that to bad ends for interrogation, for investigations? You don't think they're already using that for investigations? Folks, we're going to cover more news on the other side and take calls in the third hour. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. We do have game-changing New Year's specials from InfoWars, which are here, I think, maybe for the last day only. Get up to 60% off, plus free shipping and double Patriot points. The New Year is upon us. It's time to reevaluate your approach to your supplement routine with these InfoWars essentials now at InfoWarsStore.com. 29 years on air. All I've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist. And I've done the best job I can to tell the truth and been accurate, and we are on record as the most accurate there are. And I've tried to sell products to fund ourselves. Unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people, we don't do that. We try to bring you products that really work. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm scared of this product. It's so powerful. This is the breakdown product after your cells process it of folic acid, methylfolate with high quality organic B-complex. This stuff is rocket fuel. It's not a stimulant. It energizes your cells and then everything else you take just supercharges it. It's so insane. It's foundational energy. The strongest formula out there at InfoWarsStore.com. It doesn't just energize this operation against the tyrants. It energizes you. Get foundational energy now. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning, filling in for the great Harrison Smith. Harrison will be hosting the War Room this afternoon as Owen Schroyer is on vacation this week, but we'll be back on Monday. Trump judge swatted in Washington. Police in the U.S. Capitol announced on Monday that someone had falsely reported a shooting at Judge Tanya Chutkin's home. She is the judge overseeing the federal trial of former U.S. President Donald Trump on charges related to the 2020 election. It's interesting to me how when members of the left, like judges or leftists, get swatted, the police are the ones that report it to the public. But when right-wingers are swatted, it's always that influencer who has to tweet about it, and the police do absolutely nothing. 
How many times has Tim Cass been swatted? How many times has Jack Posobiec been swatted? How many times has Marjorie Taylor Greene been swatted? How many of those have happened in the last 30 days? How many representatives have been swatted? Constant swatting happening of the right. Police never catch the person. And then when the left gets swatted, we hear about it from the police in a press release. And it's this big conspiracy that right-wingers are engaged in this sort of terrorist activity. And I've come out countless times and said, how opposed to swatting I am. I think it's inappropriate. Don't do it. Don't swat anybody. We don't need to swat the left. We don't need to lower ourselves to their level. It's a very dangerous thing to happen. People have had their dogs killed. People have been shot when they've been swatted erroneously. It's just really dangerous. So it's a very stupid, evil thing to do to somebody. Even if it's these leftists, we have to bring them down the right way. We can't bring them down like this. The Metropolitan Police Department received a call around 10 p.m. on Sunday and sent officers to Chuckin's Washington, D.C. home. A spokesperson told reporters they quickly established that the shooting had never happened. So somebody called in, made a false report that there was a shooting, and the judge was allegedly swatted. But it happens to the right all the time, and nobody does anything about it because the leftists are actually the militant actors in this country. The leftists are the actual terrorists in this country, but whenever a right-winger makes a mistake like this or does something stupid like this, it's just a bad reflection on everyone on the right because that's the one that's going to get pushed by the mainstream media to the public. Got to keep in mind, these algorithms on social media, they put us in our little bubbles. They do. We're all guilty of it. It's, it's just the nature of these platforms. And the only people that know that right-wing influencers have been swatted are people who follow right-wing influencers. But when the police issue a press release or tell the public something, then the general public becomes aware of it. So what happens is you have a population of Americans on the left who only hear about when the left is swatted. They never hear about when the right is swatted. And in their mind, right-wingers are overzealous, radical extremists in a bad way. You know, it's interesting. I saw a great clip of Vivek last week. He was on... uh, he was on Piers Morgan. I don't know when he was actually on Piers Morgan, but the clip I saw was when he was on Piers Morgan. And he was talking about some of the ideals of America, the freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, right to petition, right to bear arms for the sake of standing up against a tyrannical government or a foreign invasion. And he said something that I thought was really insightful that had never crossed my mind. He said, America wasn't founded on moderate ideals. It was, founded, it was founded on radical ideals. And to be American, to embrace America, to say that you love America means that you have to embrace this radicalism. So I don't have a problem being called a radical or an extremist. I identify as a radical and an extremist. I believe that I am radical and extremist. I believe in extreme political policies. I believe in radical political policies. I believe in a radical and extreme culture. I believe in radically and in an extreme way embracing Western culture, the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, fighting for truth, fighting for liberty, fighting for justice, fighting for all that is good in a zealot, zealous way. And those who say that they love America and then simultaneously come out and advocate for things like the invasion of our border or advocate for things like gun control reform, gun safety reform, or advocate for things like censorship on social media are either lying to you or they don't understand what America really is. America is a country founded by radical extremists with laws, constitutions, 
declarations of independence, principles that are extremist. And if you don't embrace those, then you aren't an American and you can't claim to love America. Just because you like listening to the doors doesn't mean that you love America. Just because you like American culture doesn't mean you love America. Just because you love Pulp Fiction doesn't mean you love America. There is more to it. You cannot love America unless you love what America truly is. And what it is is an extremist political organization. Movement, for, for a better term. So the point I'm trying to make is there's nothing wrong with being a radical or an extremist, but don't swat. Don't do it. Just don't do this stuff. This stuff only makes us look bad. The mass shootings done by right-wing extremists only make the right look bad. Violence done by right-wingers only makes the right-wing look bad. And I know that January 6th was this entrapment insurrection. I know that there were over 200 agents in the crowd instigating. I know that Ray Epps seems a lot like he was probably a fed to me at least. Maybe he wasn't, but he seems a lot like it to me. I know that it was a setup, but there were legitimate, honest people who fell for it. And it made the whole entire political movement look bad. It did. So you have to be really careful and choose, pick and choose your battles. Know when it's time to do extreme things. Know when it's time to do radical things and when it's time not to. And 99 out of 100 times or 999 out of 1,000 times, don't do anything stupid. I think you'll know when the time comes to do something radical or extreme, but we're not there yet. There are too many ways that we can win legitimately, honestly, peacefully. We shouldn't engage in just violent disobedience when we haven't exhausted all the avenues of civil disobedience. We don't need to engage in getting judges swatted. Do you think that judge likes Trump anymore now that somebody falsely called the police and sent people to swat her home? Do you think that did anything good for the Trump campaign or the Trump initiative or any Trump claims that he wasn't engaged in an insurrection, the fact that armed police were sent to her house based on lies from a phone call at 10 p.m. on a Sunday night? That only hurt everyone. Whoever did that is an idiot. Moron. We are not the evil that we fight. We fight the evil that does stuff like this. And it's so easy to be consumed by it. And I understand that, you know, maybe whoever did that had the best intentions, but it's just, it's, it's maniacal stuff. It's nuts. Don't do it. You make us look crazy. You make us look unhinged. You make us look violent. And we need to be none of those things. We should be radical. We should be extreme, but we should be rational. We should be just. We should be good. And we should not be unhinged. We should have both feet on the ground, our eyes forward, our head on our shoulders at all times, especially this year. This year is more important than ever for the United States of America because what happens on November 5th, 2024 is going to determine whether or not America lives or dies as we know it. And I know people will go on. Things will go on. People will pay bills. People will have meals for however many more years. People will raise families, kind of, regardless of what happens. But I want a century of prosperity and freedom and glory to all that is righteous. I want a century where freedom of speech is protected. So on the internet, we can say what we think when we think it, because after all, how is there ever supposed to be a path to Christianity, for example, if there isn't the protection of that, which is the path to proof or truth rather. If we don't have freedom of speech, then we don't have a real path to truth. And if Christianity is the truth, then without freedom of speech, There's not going to be people going to Christianity. You want to be an evangelist. You want to baptize nations in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
It's not about knocking on doors and selling Bibles and dunking people on rivers in rural communities. It's about protecting freedom of speech because I tell you what, if there's no freedom of speech in this country, you are going to see a radical decline in Christian values, Christianity, conversions, things like that. So if you want to do the Christian thing, you have to keep your head on your shoulders. You have to fight for this country in a very reasonable, sensible way, and you have to fight for freedom of speech. That's the reason I think that God's protected this country despite all the evil that it's done over the last couple hundred years. Because he knew that freedom of speech was a path to him, path to Christ. I don't want to get preachy on you here. I don't, I'm not a televangelist by any means. But fighting for values like freedom of speech and these radical extremist American values that the left seems to hate so much is fighting for God. It's God's war. God's on our side in this info war, folks. Infowarsstore.com and show your support. Riders on the storm. I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man. But I'm not just a man. Just like you. No matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you, and that's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you always to remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's a thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. January 2024 is here. And that means up to 60% off at InfoWarsStore.com, free shipping and double Patriot points. This is one of the biggest deals of the year and it supports the InfoWar. And we're selling out a lot of these products. It'll be months and months till more are back in stock. Whether it's books, films, t-shirts, you name it. You need to go to InfoWarsStore.com right now and take advantage of this 2024 New Year sale, double Patriot points, free shipping and so much more. Get a copy of my book, Signed or Unsigned, the Great Awakening, the plan to defeat the globalists and launch the next great renaissance. And again, thank you so much for your amazing support in 2023. But 2024, as everybody knows, is the big year. So please support us and get great products at InfoWarsStore.com. And tell everybody you know and those you don't know, tune into the live show at InfoWars.com forward slash show. God bless and we're going into 2024 together. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning, filling in for Harrison Smith, who will be hosting the War Room this afternoon. While Owen is away this week, he'll be back on Monday. We're going to be taking calls in the final hour. Go ahead and call in now, 877-789-2539. Again, that's 877-789-2539. Open lines, call in, talk about whatever you want. Well, let's crew screen some of these calls and then take them throughout the final hour of the show this morning before the great Alex Jones hosts the Alex Jones show at 11 a.m. Central Time. That's noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. I'd be remiss not to talk about this 
new report yesterday. Trump slams baseless accusations and fully retracted claims from Epstein victim Sarah Ransom that he had sex with many girls after he was named in the latest batch of documents. So as you may have seen yesterday in all the headlines, Trump was named in some of the latest Epstein documents, and that's all the left is going to take away from this. But the court published this latest batch of files after hundreds became unsealed last week. The latest release includes Trump sex claim by alleged victim who later retracted it. So they released this claim, but the context that it had been retracted by the claimant was really not mentioned until sort of later on in the articles, if at all. Former President Donald Trump is firing back at baseless accusations. This is what he said. These baseless accusations have been fully retracted because they are simply false and have no merit, said Trump spokesman Stephen Shung Monday. I'm in the latest document release related to the Epstein case. The statement blasting the unsubstantiated accusations came after the release of emails containing the accusations from Epstein victim Sarah Ransom back in 2016. So these are old accusations. They've already been retracted. She made similar claims about Bill Clinton and Richard Branson, later retracted them as well, claimed she invented the claim that she had tapes to back up her claims. So his name resurfaces. The left wants so bad for Donald Trump to be somebody who was on the island, for Donald Trump to be somebody who was sleeping with underage girls in his New York mansion, and they really just can't make it happen, can they? And of course, this person would come out and make these claims, and I don't know why. Maybe it was to draw more attention to the case. Maybe it was because this person felt like it would be an opportunity for a a book deal. I don't know what the deal is. I don't want to blame victims. I don't know if she was a victim of Epstein herself or others. Somehow she's connected in some sort of a credible way, but she retracted these claims, and I don't think it was because she was threatened. Because then she wouldn't have retracted all the claims. She would have just retracted one of the claims, right? She retracted all of them, basically making up, saying that it was just made up, not true. There were no tapes to back it up. But they're going to use this time and time again. They're going to use this like they use the Stormy Daniels thing. Stormy Daniels came out and said, made these retractions as well about some of the allegations against Trump. She goes back and forth. Oh, yeah, technically I retracted it, but it was real. She was back and forth all the time about it, as far as I understand. But they just can't really get him with anything because there aren't enough skeletons in the closet. All the skeletons that Trump has are public information already, whether it was the locker room talk, whether it was his first divorce and the nature of that, whether it was the Stormy Daniels thing. There's just no way to get him. That's why they're trying to bring him off the ballot. That's why they're trying to put him in prison or persecute or prosecute him for everything they possibly can because they are trying desperately to shut him down and they just can't do it because he's not like them. They are not accustomed to someone that they can't leverage, someone that doesn't have enough skeletons in the closet, someone that they can't abuse, manipulate, coerce with blackmail. I mean, that was Epstein's whole operation was blackmailing rich and powerful people so that they could be controlled, and it worked for decades. That's why they hate Trump so much. I think that may be it. The reason they really hate him so much is likely because they can't control him. I don't mean can't control by campaign finance donations. I don't mean can't control monetarily or through lobbyists. I mean, they can't control him because there is just not enough dirt on him. He is maybe the first person who's honest enough in the history of our politics the last 50 years to actually run and not have enough dirt to hold against him. To get him to compromise on any sort of policy issues, any sort of campaign issues. 
And the more they try to attack him, the more they try to persecute him, the more they lie about him, the more support that he gets. I mean, they know that the more they charge him with crimes, the more people want to vote for him because people are starting to see through it. It's just so obvious now after you attack somebody time and time again with the entire force of the establishment, and it's proven time and time again that the Russian hoax was itself a Russian hoax, or the Russian collusion was a Russian hoax, rather, that the Trump Tower was being spied on at the authority and permission of Obama on behalf of the Hillary Clinton campaign, that the Hillary Clinton campaign funded the study or the research that was used in order to justify some of these warrants, these FISA warrants against the Trump campaign the last time, that they've lied time and time again, that the Clinton Foundation has to be shut down because of the scandals it's associated with, that the Stormy Daniels stuff fell through the cracks, that the impeachment hearings fell through the cracks, that January 6th wasn't really an insurrection, fell through the cracks. Everything they've thrown at them has fallen on its face. And people are starting to realize, wow, they, they're really just throwing stuff at them, aren't they? They don't actually have anything on them. They're really just throwing stuff at them. Why are they throwing stuff on them? They look into it and they realize it's because the establishment is corrupt. And this is the only guy in the fight that's not corrupt. I mean, the main reason I'm voting for him is because everyone who hates America and hates Americans hates him. I said that before. I'll say it again. and I'll say it multiple times up until the election. I'm voting for the guy that all of the evil people hate so much. And I know that he screwed up in the last year of his presidency. And I know that the Operation Warp Speed created this vaccine, which has caused all sorts of problems. I'm not blind to the fact that he's imperfect. I'm not blind to the fact that he let cities burn because he thought it was going to be better for his campaign than sending in the National Guard. I'm not blind. I know that the fourth year was a tough year, but it was an unprecedented presidential challenge, too. He was faced with an emergency that came out of nowhere and immediately disrupted all that his campaign platform was based on. It threw away the economy. It threw away the freedoms. Everything that everyone loved about him for the first three years of his presidency was trashed by this pandemic and the lies that were told to him and the American people and the entire world. So I'm going to forgive him for the mistakes that I believe he made in the last year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a pass on some of those mistakes because I remember what the first three years were like. I remember what no new wars felt like. And I can't wait to see the look on the faces of these leftists, these globalists, when he wins again and throughout the entirety of the next four years when he just dominates this political conversation. I can't wait. I want to see it so bad. And I think the rest of America does too. That's why they're freaking out. That's why they're throwing stuff at the wall. That's why they're bringing up stuff that was already proven to be false. And they're just bringing it up again, hoping it'll get in the headlines to have some sort of psychological manipulation or coercion on the masses. They know that they're liars and they just tell the lie anyway because the lie works as far as they're concerned. If it works, do it. Doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. There's no boundaries. There's no ethics. There's no principles. It's all Machiavellian. The end justifies the means. The end is ultimate power, and we're going to do whatever it takes to get ultimate power. That's what they say to themselves. And keep in mind, there is absolutely zero, zilch, no incentive for Trump to run for president again. Do you think he would have been prosecuted or persecuted if he decided not to run? I don't. I think they would have put their resources somewhere else. He has taken on all of this crap, just the barrage of junk thrown at him and his family for years for no other reason than the fact that he just wants to see if he can beat these people and right this wrong i think there's an ego component of course there is he's a human being just like everybody else but i believe that he genuinely loves his country and those who hate this country hate him for it that's why i'm supporting him i don't know what do you think we'll take a call let's hear from 
Mike in Tennessee. Mike, we got about one minute left. What's up? Hey, I only get one minute, huh? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Um, well, uh, Chase, another issue with Trump. I voted for him twice. I'll probably vote for him again. But uh-huh. the other issue that concerns me is his Zionism. Uh, because once he gets in, this war is going to heat up, and the globalists have him in a corner because he has supported Talmudic Zionists and Evangelical Zionists. Who's running? Who's running, running for president, him. though? That isn't isn't a Zionist. Is there an alternative? I know that's the problem. Now I'm sending you my book. It should be there today. You and Harrison, where I address this whole Evangelical Zionist problem. But you're right. The, the conservatives that we have representing us, unfortunately, all of them are these evangelical Zionists. Yeah. They love the Lord, but they're just really wrong on this eschatology. And I know it backwards and forwards because I studied to be a pastor uh, mm-hmm. in Bible colleges, you know, in it. But that's—I was going to ask you what you thought about the Stu Peters interaction with Alex, uh, but I guess I, I don't have time. But— the last thing on the swatting, is it possible that a liberal called in to kind of frame us? It definitely is. Definitely possible. The whole thing okay. could have been fake just to make us look bad. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that, but that makes a lot of sense. Tell everyone, just before we go, we have about 10 seconds left. What's the name of your book? Uh, Armageddon Deception, The Eschatology of Islam and Zionism, A Biblical Defense, or a Biblical Response. Very good. Thank you so much for your call, Mike. More calls on the other side. Stay with us. One of the most frustrating things about being awake to the globalist agenda is seeing the general public still asleep. By and large, not aware of the magnitude of the incredible danger they're under, but also the ongoing attacks and the magnitude of the death caused by the lethal injections masquerading as vaccines. It is so frustrating to see people going about their daily lives oblivious and you realize ignorance is not bliss, it equals death. But people are starting to really understand how serious things are, and that's that's a hard thing to do, because to wake up to a dystopic reality and realize that we're in the middle of a giant biological weapons war against humanity, and that there's mass sterilization that's already taking place, and they're cutting off all the major energy sources, is really hard to deal with, but it's the reality. Facing it is our only chance to turn this around, because stuff's about to get really, really nasty. Infowars.com.